Hello, and welcome to the River of Life podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Well, you have to admit, God's ways are strange. And the God with whom we have to deal is both strange and wonderful. And... uh, That can be seen all through the Bible. Anybody who's ever studied God's word and looked into the things of the Lord, you just know that uh, God does things in very unusual and very strange ways. For instance, the announcement of the birth of Christ was given 800 years before Christ was born. That's a little bit strange, isn't it? The prophet said this, he said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And listen to this, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Wow. Wow. Talking about a strange God. uh, You see, the Bible says in John chapter 12 that Isaiah saw the glory of Christ from his day and he spoke of it. That's what that's what the Bible tells us about the prophet Isaiah. In fact, I'd like for you to turn with me that passage of scripture that I just quoted, Isaiah chapter 9, verse, verses 6 and 7, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, and we'll read it in just a few moments, but right now I have a story I would like to share with you. Late yesterday afternoon, I felt myself slipping into a state of uh, discouragement. And the reason why was because I had prepared a message, a full-length message to preach this morning. These are always special days right before Christmas. I was so excited. I did my homework early. I did my research. I prepared a full-length message, and it was complete. And late yesterday afternoon, when I looked over it and meditated on it, 
It died in my hands. There was absolutely no life in that message. And, and I, I was shocked. I, I thought, I, I can't preach this. I, I felt like the Lord had given it to me, but it was dead. And by the way, be very thankful this morning that I'm not preaching that message. <laughs> be very thankful. Because you would be bored. And this would be painful here this morning. And uh, uh, by the way, here I am, uh, just a few short hours from standing in front of you, and I want you to know after all these years, I still take this seriously. This is an awesome and sacred responsibility. And I knew in just a few short hours I would be standing before you to preach the Word of God. And I started getting nervous. By the way, I want to know how many of you have ever pastored or preached a sermon, stood in a pulpit and preached. Would you please stand up? If you've ever preached a sermon, you've stood in the pulpit and you've preached. I want you to just look around for a moment. These are individuals who have preached and stood where I stand right now All right, you may be seated. Now, the reason I wanted them to stand is because of all the people here this morning, those who stood, you know how to sympathize with me. You know what it's like to have the responsibility, and it's a great and wonderful responsibility and privilege to preach, but when there is no anointing, oh my goodness, that is frightening. And uh, so I... I decided that I would get out of the house, away from all the um, distractions. And I went out in my backyard and I didn't tell my wife and my mother-in-law what I was doing, but I really wanted to be away from everybody. I needed to get along with God. I needed to get a word from the Lord. I, I, I needed to pray. I needed a breakthrough. So I went out back and built me a fire and I just sat there by that fire. And uh, I, I began to, to pray. And I, I just knew I didn't have anything that was anointed. I have hundreds and hundreds of sermons on my computer. But nothing was anointed. Nothing was fresh. Nothing was ready to be delivered. Nothing was a now word from God. And I knew that's what I needed for this morning. Uh, let me say this again. And... And I'm going to share something with you that you already know. But when preaching is anointed, when the Spirit of God is on it, when God breathes into it, it's exciting. It's wonderful. It's thrilling. Man, it's fruit basket turnover. (laughs) The heavens open up. God has a way of using the foolishness of preaching to do amazing and marvelous and wonderful things. But can I tell you that when it is not anointed... Nothing is more boring or painful. And I really do not want to be boring and painful. I, I don't want you to have to suffer Sunday after Sunday through my messages. I, 
I mean, with that in mind, I was there standing out there by the fire and and I made up my mind I would stay there for hours if necessary. And I did stay there for several hours. I needed a breakthrough. I needed to get in touch with heaven. But my time of prayer and meditation went from bad to worse. I'm not making this up. It went from bad to worse. When I got there and I started trying to pray, something happened to me. And I found myself slipping even deeper into discouragement and depression. And I'm not one given to depression and discouragement. But man, I was getting discouraged and depressed. I started thinking about all of my weaknesses, all of my faults, all of my failures. And I know some of you think I'm perfect. But you may want to just speak with my wife after the service. She can tell you better. But I started thinking of all of my weaknesses, all my failures, all my mistakes. I started thinking about all the times that I've let other people down and disappointed them when I've, when I've not done my best. I started thinking of all the times that I've let myself down and I've disappointed myself. I started thinking about all the times when I have stood in this pulpit and sounded a whole lot more spiritual than I really am. And one by one, I started thinking of all the mistakes and all the weaknesses and it was like they were being magnified. And can I tell you, can I just stop right here and tell you that if you ever choose to go down that road, you will not go down that road alone. The enemy will walk with you every step of the way and he will bring to your remembrance every weakness, every flaw, every fallacy. He will accuse you. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren and his finger was in my face. And I was rocking and reeling. I, I'm, I was hurting. I, I'm sorry to have to share all this with you. I just don't have anything else to share. <laughs> I was rocking and I was reeling. I, I was hurting. I am not exaggerating. I started feeling so small and so insignificant and so unqualified, and so incapable of even being the pastor of this great church. You see, I know this is a great church. I know it has destiny written all over it. I know God's up to something great and glorious in this church. And I was under attack, and I didn't even feel qualified. I I never think of resigning, and honestly, I thought, I just need to quit. I just need to give up. I need to stop. Here I am, the pastor of this church. Here I am, supposedly the spiritual leader of this church. And I am so dry and I am so empty right now. I have nothing to share in the morning. Friends, I was slipping and I was slipping fast. I don't know if you've ever been there or not. I hope and pray you haven't, but I fear you have. 
I was slipping and I was slipping fast. By this time in my experience, I have forgotten all about you. I've forgotten all about the responsibility of preaching. Now it's all about me. God, I need some help. Lord, please help me. These are the very words I prayed. Lord, I need you now. I need you right now. I need you to speak to me. I need a word from you. And friends, can I say this to you? And I hope this will help somebody. When you were down, when you were cast down, when your spirit is low, when you're rocking and reeling in depression and discouragement, you can go to your pastor and he will try to help you. You can go to counselors. You can read books and listen to tapes. But nothing will help you like a word from God. When God speaks to you, when God says something to you, oh, that makes all the difference in the world. And I was praying, Lord, I need you now. I need a word from you. Listen, I stopped worrying about you needing a word from God. I'm the one who needed a word from God. And so I, I began to pray, Lord, I need a word from you. And can I tell you that there is praying and there is praying. Sometimes we just go through the motions of prayer. But I want to tell you, when you begin to pour your heart out to God and you begin to cry out to Him as your Father and you mean it with the deepest sincerity of your heart, I'm telling you, heaven hears. And it was, it was almost immediate. It was almost immediate. The moment I started crying out to the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord dropped into my head and into my heart, Isaiah Chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. And, and, and I didn't know why. I was fairly familiar with the passage of Scripture. But I, I didn't know why. But that's what the Lord dropped into my spirit. And I turned to it quickly. And I read it. And I want you to read it with me. Do we have it up on the screen? Let's pull it up. Can we read this together? We'll do it slow, and I know it'll be broken up, but, but let's read it together. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Well, the part of that that jumped out at me the moment I read it was a part that I'd never paid much attention to. And it was that last statement, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. It was exactly what I needed. It was exactly what I needed to see. It was exactly what I needed to get the devil off my back. You see, friends, this thing that we call the kingdom of God, the success of the kingdom of God, the advancement and the increase of the kingdom of God has never depended upon us or our ability. It is the zeal of the Lord of hosts. 
that will perform this thing. That's what the scripture tells us. And, and I needed to hear that. You see, it is the zeal. It, it is the jealousy. That's what the word means. It is the passion of the Lord of hosts that performs this. Now, sure, he uses us. He works in us and he works through us. But hear me and hear me well today, friends. It is his zeal. It is his work. It is his power. It is his wisdom. It is his glory. It is his Holy Spirit that does the work. He does it in us and he does it through us. He's not looking for our ability. He's just looking for our availability to be used of God. Isaiah's message was crystal clear if you meditate on it, and I have all night long. If you meditate on it, it is absolutely wonderful. Uh, This is what Isaiah was saying. A son will be born, and the government of God, the kingdom of God, if you please, will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful. We will recognize him as God, and we will call him God. And of the increase of that which he starts, there will be no end. And then Isaiah says, from that time, from what time? From the moment of his birth. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Friends, can I tell you that God is passionate about the work of his son? That God is jealous over the cause of Christ. That when it comes to the advancement of his government and his peace and the work of God in the world, God is deeply and heavily involved. He's not at a distance. He's involved in it. And can I tell you this thing that we call the church, the body of Christ, the Christian movement, in the world today. That's his work. And we have a promise from God. That from the moment Christ was born. From that time forward. Even forever. That the zeal of the Lord of hosts. Will perform it. It will keep growing. It will keep advancing. It will keep uh, being enlarged. Until the day of our Lord. When he returns and even beyond. That's what the scripture says. Did you know that down through the years, many have predicted the demise and the death of Christianity? Great philosophers have announced that God is dead and Christianity will die. One very well-known philosopher announced... That within a hundred years after his death, Christianity will cease to exist. By the way, he died in 1778. I won't even do him the honor of calling his name. You'd recognize it if I called it. But he's dead and the zeal of the Lord is still moving on. It's still advancing. It's still growing. This wonderful thing that we sing about and we celebrate the birth of this child in Bethlehem. 
that was laid in the manger. What God started then is still growing. It's still increasing. And it will not stop. Oh, friends. Christianity will not die. Cannot be stopped. This is not about us. This is not about our effort. It will not die. It cannot be stopped. It will keep on going. And by the way, friends, I know we're, we're hearing a lot of news about ISIS and about what's going on in radical Islam. But I want to tell you right now today, there's still about a billion more Christians on this planet than Muslims. <clears throat> and I can tell you that Christianity is alive and well on planet Earth. It's not going away. Emperors have tried to destroy it. Philosophies have tried to stamp it out. Tyrants have tried to wash it from the face of the earth with the very blood of those who claimed it. In fact, that's what's going on right now. ISIS is trying uh, to wash it from the face of the earth with the very blood of those who claim it, yet still it stands and it will continue to stand. And there shall come that final day when every voice that has ever uttered a sound, every voice of Adam's race shall be raised in one great mighty chorus to proclaim the name of Jesus for in that day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God why will that happen because you and I are good enough because we're faithful enough because we've worked hard enough oh no the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That's what the scripture says. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You see, friends, what started on that first Christmas morning is still going. It's still growing. It's still advancing. It's still enlarging. And it will not stop. And if you'll think about it, friends, and we do need to think about this, Christmas is not just something we celebrate. It's something we get involved in. It's an ongoing, never-ending story that we need to get involved in. Millions of years from now, when the story of Christmas is told, every man, woman, boy, and girl who humbled themselves before a holy God repented of their sins and embraced the truth of that story will be included in that story. When the Christmas story is told a million years from now, your name will be in the story. My name will be in the story. We will be a part of that story. Well, let me say this. As long, and I know this from personal experience, as long as you keep your eyes on your weakness, on your failures, on your mistakes, on your lack of ability, on your personal future and where you're going. As long as you keep your eyes on those things, friends. The day will come, if it has not already come, that you'll be covered by the dark clouds of discouragement and defeat.
But I tell you this morning that the moment you cast your eyes upon the zeal of the Lord of hosts and what he's doing, the moment you do that, it changes everything. And see what I found myself out there by that fire all alone, praying and meditating with the Lord after the enemy had had his way with me and I cried out to God. And the revelation of the Lord was given to me there. And by the way, not to me specially. I believe God will speak to any of his children anytime they cry out to him. But when that happened and I began to change my focus off my weaknesses and my inability and I began to cast my focus on the fact that God is zealous for his work. That the zeal of the Lord is still burning today just like it was then. No, friends, my eyes were open. And, and I, I started getting excited. You see, I realized there around that fire, just me and the Holy Spirit at that time, we'd gotten rid of the enemy by this time. Just me and the Holy Spirit around that fire. I realized that the very same zeal of the Lord that was at work in that stable in Bethlehem. The very same zeal of the Lord that led the wise men and the shepherds. The very same zeal of the Lord that that was poured out upon the apostles when they wrote the New Testament and changed the world. The very same zeal of the Lord that has been growing and advancing and maturing and raising up the body of Christ through the centuries. The very same zeal of the Lord that established this church and put it in the center of the county. The very same zeal of the Lord that's always been at work was now working on my heart individually. Wow. Wow. And I was feeling it. And, and I just, I, I've got to tell you, friends, I, I was there. I couldn't even sit down. I was walking and moving around. I was getting excited. Uh, I, I was uh, Pentecostal at that moment. <laughs> I went there with dead traditional religion, and now I am on shouting ground. I am Pentecostal. I'm getting excited. I began to realize that the zeal of the Lord is all over me. That He's zealous for me. He's jealous for me. He's passionate for me. That He loves me. And that He's zealous for you. And that He loves you. And that He's passionate for you. And He's zealous for this church. And He's passionate for this church. That He wants to do a work in this church. And, and I've got to tell you, that when you catch a glimpse of that, you lose the burden of responsibility when you realize that He is God. And he's up to something big. <clears throat> wow. I was singing. You just have no idea how good I can sing when nobody else is around. You have no idea. I was singing. I was praising. I was worshiping. I was praying in the spirit. Man, I had chill bumps on chill bumps. Man, I, I went from the from one of the lowest lows I've had in a long time to one of the highest highs. And, and I got to tell you, immediately I went into repentance. And, and I, this is a strange thing. Did you know that when you're in the presence of God, 
And when you're in the presence of what God is doing, that repentance is easy. It's not hard. You want to repent. You want to get things right with God. It's easy. I was repenting and rejoicing and smiling and laughing at the same time. I'd done it many times before. I repented of things I repented of 20 years ago. Let's just run it through one more time. This feels so good. Let's just do it. Yeah, I, Satan, I remember that. You brought, Oh, let's get it under the blood and out of my life. And friends, I want you to know, I went through deep repentance there with shouting and rejoicing in my heart. Oh God, I want everything in my life that's not pleasing to you under the blood and out of my life. And I just went through this time of repentance. It was just wonderful. And then I began to repent about this. I said, God, I, I thank you, Lord being so kind to me and I just want to repent for at this stage in my Christian life being so immature that I've taken my eyes off you just for a short time. Please forgive me and please don't ever let the folks at River of Life know that I've done this. (laughs) You know, and I started thanking God. For the revelation of His Word. Friends, I want to tell you again that when God illuminates His Word, when He magnifies His Word, when it comes alive to you, oh, there's nothing more precious on this earth from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That got illuminated. And man, I I just wanted to take hold for the ride. And I I tell you, it was great. And it was glorious. The one problem was this. I realized. I still don't have a sermon to preach tomorrow. (laughs) But I also realized that I had something better. I had a heart that had been touched by the zeal of a loving passionate God. And I realized that God never did think I was all that much. But he thinks Jesus is all that much. And that when I turn my eyes upon him, God begins to work in my heart and in my life. I come to the pulpit today hoping and praying very humbly that somebody here today needed to hear this story. It's Christmas, friends. And something God started a long time ago, He's still doing today. The zeal of the Lord is performing it. You can look at all the bad stuff in this world, all the negative, ugly, mean-spirited things of this world. You can keep your eyes on your inability and your weakness. You can look at what's wrong in this world. But friends, I challenge you today. Gaze upon the zeal of the Lord and what He's doing. And things will begin to change in your life. Pray with me, Father, in Jesus. Thank you again for listening to River of Life Podcast. If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email at info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. 
in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for more information and directions.